Well, good morning, King of Kings. All right, it's exciting to be with you today and to open up the Word, and, and we're launching a brand new sermon series today called 21 Days of Prayer. How long do you think this sermon series is? Good job. We got a bright crowd here today. 21 days. For 21 days, we're going to be focusing on, on prayer and fasting, and specifically on Sundays, we're going to be looking at the voice of God. And I love talking about the voice of God. The voice of God actually can be a pretty divisive subject. There's a lot of different opinions out there. Some believe that God speaks, but he he speaks in a really limited fashion today. Others believe that God speaks like in everything. And so you heard God speak through your marshmallows and lucky charms this morning already. And some believe God doesn't speak at all. So does God speak? And what does God say? That's what we're going to be diving into. Today, I want to talk about hearing the voice of God and discerning the voice of God. Two parts today, hearing the voice of God and discerning the voice of God. And I I love that we're doing this at the onset of a, a year because I think a lot of us, when we come into a new year, we tend to focus on outward problems. It's why we set goals and resolutions. And, and, and so we'll say things like this year, I want to lose 10 to 15 pounds, or I want to conquer this debt that's in my life, or I believe I need to take more vacation this year. And all of those are fine exterior problems problems to take place, but I believe that that's not the biggest problem in many of our lives. The biggest problem that most of us have in this world is that we're not actively involved in the breathing, life-giving, real relationship that God invites us into. And so I'm all for it. Go ahead and lose the 10 to 15. Take care of some debt. Maybe have a few more vacation days. But if what's broken on the inside, your connection to God, your relationship with God is not fixed, then we're only going to be fixing stuff that is only for the outside. When God says, I've made you to do more than exist. I made you to live. And that only happens in relationship with God. Heard Pastor Chris Hodges this week say that if 2022 is the best year of your life spiritually, it'll be the best year of your life. And that's what I want. I want the best year for you. And I believe it happens in relationship with God. Have any of you ever had someone in the middle of the night whisper to you, are you awake? (laughs) I hate that. I'm a pretty heavy sleeper. And so this one night a couple of years ago, right around New Year's, my wife, Allison, she whispered, Zach, are you awake? And I grunted because that's what I always do with the first whisper because you don't know if you're in dreamland or in reality. So I just kind of grunted. And then she said it again, Zach, are you awake? I was like, well, now I am. What? She said, do you hear that? I said, hear what? And then all of a sudden, once we got quiet, about 10 seconds later, I heard it. Chirp, chirp, chirp. This satanic creature, supposed to be good for us, is known as a smoke detector. And one of the things that this does, it has the ability only to go off in the middle of the night. How many of you have ever had a smoke detector go off in the middle of the night? Come on, raise your hands. How many of you out there? Look at how many. How many of you have ever had it go off in the middle of the day? Not one hand up. (laughs) Believe it or not, this same thing happened six months prior in the middle of the night. And the next day, I legitimately replaced every battery from all my smoke detectors because I'd never wanted this to happen again. 
And so I don't mean to rat out the battery company, but it was a rough night. And let's just say I didn't wake up feeling too energized the next day. I mean, seriously, this thing just kept going and going and going. En- Energizer, okay. You got it. You already got it. I didn't need to say that. Zach, don't say that next time. I already got it. Just keep moving. <laughs> and so at 4 a.m., Allison uh, went to get the batteries and I went to get the ladder. And I'll tell you, like, I'm pretty proud of the stock supply of batteries in the Zender house. I mean, we got, we got AA, we got AAA, we got C, we got D. One battery type we did not have. You want to know what it was? The 9 volt. The stupid 9 volt. Like, why? Really? Who uses 9 volts anymore? Only Satan through his little demons. It's the demonic battery. But anyway, I remember that night, thankfully, it was in like the corner of the house in our bedroom. And so we said, hey, rather than going out to Walgreens in the middle of the night like we did six months ago and changing everything in the middle of the night, why don't we just move to the other side of the house and when we wake up tomorrow, we'll take care of it. And so that's exactly what happened. I moved to the TV room and Allison moved to the guest room and I just turned the TV on louder to drown out the noise of the chirping of this. And then when we woke up the next day, we took care of the problem. But I think that's what a lot of us do in life. We've got problems that are happening, and rather than dealing with the root of it, we just kind of move to the side a little bit and focus on something else. We just kind of, we just kind of know that it's there, but take care of something else. And so we can spend all of our lives fixing exterior problems, but if we don't actually fix the root of the problem, we're going to always wonder why life isn't working the way God intended for it to work. And so you can keep trying to fix exterior problems in, in your life, but I'm telling you, this is what's most important, your relationship and your connection with God. And when this isn't right, nothing in this world is right. So as we enter into this 21 days in this new year, we're going to look at what does it mean to connect with God? What does it mean to be in relationship with God? That's what these 21 are all about, because if you don't, then here's what's going to happen. You're going to move over to the guest room to avoid the smoke detector over there, but eventually the smoke detector will go off in the guest bedroom. And then what are you going to do? Sell the house? God has something better for you. And he sent me here to remind you and also myself to stop running from him. And in 2022, what would it look like if you came running instead to Jesus? Jesus says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you what you need. Aren't you tired of fixing stuff on the outside anyway? Aren't you exhausted? A lot of you may be really good at fixing those exterior problems, and yet there's still something not right. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus even said, what good will it be for someone to conquer the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Exterior, outside problems being made right won't fix what's in here. And so many of you, you you want to hear God's voice and you're curious why you don't. But what I want to step back real quick and remind remind you of is, is, is it's not only about hearing the voice of God. What's better is being in a real relationship with God. Let me say it this way, that our primary goal in life in these 21 days is not to hear the voice of God, but to be in a growing relationship with God. Now, when we're in a growing relationship with God, guess what? We hear God's voice because he is a God who speaks. Brother Lawrence, who wrote the book, The Practice of Presence, says, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. 
All throughout scripture, we see we have a God who speaks. God speaks to Adam and Eve in the garden. He speaks to Abraham, calling him to a new land. He speaks to Moses on the mountain, to Elijah in the cave, to the prophets in so many other ways. God is so passionate about speaking to his creation that he literally sent his son into the world to become one of us. One of the names of Jesus is Logos, which means the word of God. And even when Jesus, the word of God, ascended, Jesus spoke to Saul on the Damascus road, spoke to John in Revelation. We have a God that speaks. Old and New Testament verses remind us of this. Jeremiah says, call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Jesus says about himself in John 10, with him being the good shepherd, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Dallas Willard, the theologian, says that if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is tell them they could have a personal relationship with God. And so as we talk about the voice of God, I want you to know that God is speaking. The problem is not that God isn't speaking. The problem is that we aren't hearing. In other words, more bluntly, the problem is you and me. God's talking. If we can't hear, it's because we aren't listening. So why are we struggling to hear God's voice? I believe there's two reasons, and they're both connection issues. The first is we are too disconnected from God. We're too disconnected from God. We, we aren't connecting with him. God can speak to anyone at any time, anywhere. But, but generally speaking, one more Dallas Willard quote, he says, God will not compete for our attention. Occasionally, like in Acts 9, a Saul will get knocked to the ground and so on, but we should expect in most cases that God will not run over us. Instead, he'll come to us in relationship. He'll come with grace and patience and kindness to us. And here's the thing. The Bible, again, is crystal clear that God will never leave us, will never abandon us. We sang in that last song, not for a minute have I been forsaken. Not for a minute. And so, if we aren't connected to God, let me again tell you, it's not his problem, it's our problem. We've moved away. And why have we moved away? It's the second connection issue. We are too connected to this world. We're disconnected from God and we're too connected to this world. And for many of us, it might just be a slow pull away that's diluted our relationship with God and we've gotten connected to things in this world and so, so we have no room left for God because you and I, we only have so much capacity for what we're letting in and so what are you letting in? If all you're letting in is things of this world that have no spiritual value, it makes sense then that you would be disconnected from God and not hear his voice. It's possible for you to, to be really engaged and active on all the social media platforms and yet still feel empty. It's getting harder, but it's still possible for you to stay up to date and current with all the TV shows on all the streaming platforms. I mean, it's possible for you to have watched them all on, on Netflix and, and Prime and Hulu and Disney Plus and Apple TV and Paramount and Peacock and ESPN Plus and my gosh, there's a lot to keep up with. But you can, and you can be entertained a whole lot of hours, and yet at the end of it still feel like, why am I so empty? I'm telling you, your bank account can be full, your house can be filled with stuff, your schedules can be filled with vacation, and yet at the end of it, you can still feel this emptiness. Why? Because a lot of those things will connect us more to this world, but if it doesn't connect us to him, we will be broken on the inside. And I don't know what those things are for you, and that's not my job to tell you what those things are, but it is the Holy Spirit's job. 
And I think that's a really good thing to ask in your life right now is, Holy Spirit, why am I not connected to you? Are there places and areas where I can connect to you more? And then, Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me the things of this world that I've gotten too involved in? And I'm not knocking the things of this world. Some of them, like some of them are good things, but when anything becomes a first thing other than God, it's a bad thing. And so, God, am I dabbling too much in a certain thing that's taking me away from you? And then, it, is it possible that I am just dabbling in, in the junk world and that I've just gotten too involved in things that I, I know aren't even ever good for me? And the Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll convict you. He won't condemn you. That's how the enemy speaks, but he will convict you. Even as we're entering into these 21 days, trying to discern what God is telling me, I really felt like God laid it on my heart this past week as I'm leading this charge of 21 days of prayer. And I I feel like God said to me, Zach, here's what I would love for you. I would love for you to talk to me more than you talk about me. Mm, That's convicting. Because there's some weeks where I do and there's a lot of weeks where I don't. And I love talking about God. Here's the other thing I felt like God put on my heart. He said, by the way, if you do that, you're talking, if you talk to me more than you talk about me, you're talking about me would be that much more effective. But Zach, it's not only about job effectiveness. (laughs) It's about you get to be in a real relationship with me. Wow. So I don't know what God's putting on your heart, but have you asked him? Are you disconnected from God right now? Are there some things in your life that you're too connected in that's taking you away from God? And so if there are connection issues, let me show you the solution, and I believe it's prayer and fasting. Prayer connects us to God. Prayer is ultimately how we communicate with God, and any great relationship has great communication. And here's what's cool about prayer. At any time, at any place, at any time, we can pray to God. We're doing it for 21 days, but our hope is you do it every single day of your life all the time that you're in a continual conversation with God. And it's amazing that we can talk with God. And so I really do hope that you jump into these 21 days with us. We'll have a prayer prompt for you every day, a challenge every day in prayer. We'll have Bible readings to go along with it. We've got videos on social media. We're on the Bible app. We've got our own 21 days of prayer planned there. Like jump into the 21 days and see what it's like to connect with God on a daily basis in that way. So if prayer connects us to God, Fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer is a pretty well-known discipline, even if we still struggle with how do we do it. Fasting's lesser known. Let me tell you what fasting isn't first. Fasting isn't punishing yourself because God wants you to suffer. (laughs) If you want the simplest definition, it's finding something you get involved in in this world and letting go of it for a while. Whether that while is a day, a week, 21 days, a month, or a season, When you fast from something, you're saying, I'm not going to be involved in that. God is asking you to disconnect from the things of this world. Because to hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. This week I heard a pastor say that the average American, 9% of Americans read their Bible on a daily basis. 9%. And he said that 20% read on a weekly basis. One in five. 9% daily, 20% weekly. 
And then he quoted another statistic that now the research is out that shows the average American consumes seven and a half hours a day on their screen. 60 hours in a week. And so let's say we're, we're one of the faithful and let's say we do an hour in the word every week and that's better than average. So we've got an hour here and we've got 60 here. God, why aren't you speaking? Uh, 60 to one. 60 to one. And that's probably on a good level. 60 to one. To hear the volume, to hear the voice of God, we have to turn down the world's volume. And I'm not saying we need to completely abandon all of that, but we have to take these opportunities to connect with God. We pray to get connected back to God. We fast to get disconnected from the things of this world. And it's something we need to do sometimes in our lives to remember why we're here. And that's what this 21 days is all about. So I got three practical pieces on, on the 21 days. And then I want to talk about how do we discern then if God's speaking and, and, I can, and I hear maybe him, how do I discern that? So first, the three, the three quick takeaways. Set an objective for the 21 days. What do you want to accomplish? What do you hope happens? Will you commit to it for 21? Will you commit to jumping online on our website or social media or jumping into the YouVersion Bible app plan with us and see what God says? Try it. Why not? All the other stuff you've tried, let's try this. So that's the prayer side. Number two, I would say decide what type of fast you'll do. I want to challenge you to actually fast from something. Fast from something. And I would urge you to fast from something that would be difficult for you to fast from. Like, it's not like me. I don't like mushrooms. And so it's not like, oh, I'm going to fast from mushrooms for 21 days. Like, that's not a sacrifice. I haven't had mushrooms my whole life, the drugs or the food. (laughs) At least one of those I haven't had my whole life. I've never had the food. Is it good? I'm just kidding. (laughs) And it's not like husbands, you can say, hey, I'm fasting for 21 days, babe, from doing the dishes. No, no, that's not what it's about either. You find something that's important to you. Food, it could be screens, could be both. And when those urges or yearnings come because you're giving it up, we don't just give it up for the sake of giving it up. We give it up so that in those times we remember we have a God who loves us, who provides for us, and we can relate to in that moment. And we thank him for his provision and how he takes care of us. And if you do that, you set an objective and you decide what type of fast we'll do, you'll do, the third thing is expect to hear from God. Because we have a speaking God, a God who's in relationship with us. When you connect to him in prayer and disconnect from the world, expect God to talk to you. So, God talks. How do you know if it's God's voice though? Like, how do you discern that? If smoke detectors helped us understand hearing God's voice, I want to move to another household product for discernment. This is a pretty nasty air filter here. I remember buying our first home. It was in St. Louis at seminary. We got a brand new condo and we were pretty excited about it. I was never a homeowner and so I didn't know all the things you needed to do to take care of a home. And we were in St. Louis, which has hot, humid summers, somewhat similar here to Omaha. And it was in the middle of one of those hot, humid days when all of a sudden the air conditioner stopped working. And so I called the air conditioning company. It was high season for them. And so they said, it's actually $200 to have somebody come out, minimum charge based on what's wrong. And I said, oh, that's a lot of money, but we got to have air conditioning here in these summers. And so he came out. And one minute after he came out, he came out and said, the problem's fixed. 
And he was holding one of these. He said, you just bought this condo. It's brand new, right? I said, yeah. He said, everything's working as it ought to, but you've never changed one of these before, have you? I said, what is it? (laughs) He said, did your dad never tell you about this? And I said, no. For 25 years, dad tells everybody what he did right, but he didn't do this right. He never told me. How am I supposed to know you got these things like air filters you're supposed to change? And I found out that day that filter, that costly mistake, how essential filters are in life. And that's not only true for air conditioning, but that's true when we talk about the voice of God too. So I want to give you a voice of God filter today. Because it's one thing to hear, it's another to discern The Apostle John says it this way, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. As a pastor, I can't tell you how many conversations I've gotten into where someone said, Pastor, God told me, and then fill in the blank. And after they say what's in the blank, I'm like, oh, that is crazy. How many things get filled in there that I just know right away are not from God? So how do you know, like, if God really said that? How do you know if it's God speaking? How do you know if it's not the enemy speaking? Because the enemy uses a lot of the same language and just twists it a little bit. So it sounds right, but it's not. It's off. How, how do you know if it's God? How do you know if it's the enemy? How do you know if it's not the burrito from Romeo's you ate last night, right? Sometimes that talks too. Just saying. So I want to give you three questions to help form your voice of God filter. And I believe that God's voice always passes these three tests. Give credit to where it is due, the Church of the Highlands, where I first learned these three. The most important question to ask, number one, is does the Bible agree? Which, by the way, I already said the stats, means we got to know this. We got to know this. Let me say it this plainly. God's voice is most clearly heard through the Bible. I know this is God's word. Why doesn't God speak to me anymore? Uh, He's speaking 24-7. Anytime you want to hear from God, right here, he'll talk to you. And God's will will never contradict his word. And God's voice will never contradict his word. God will never tell you to violate a principle that he's already spoken about in here. So number one, does it line up with what God has already said? Because if it contradicts what's in here, it is not God's voice. The gospel of Luke says that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's words will never pass away. And truth never changes. And so if it was true a thousand years ago, it's true today, and it'll be true a thousand years from now. I'm telling you, opinions will change, and science will certainly change, and even facts can change, but truth never changes. People say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But that's not actually true. It's God said it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. Because God doesn't lie. He can't lie. I can lie, you can lie, but God can't. And so the best way to ensure you have a a filter is a deep and growing understanding of what is in here. It's shocking to me. Some of the conversations that I have that people claim they follow Jesus and they say something right away that is so easily contradictory with God's word. And so my question to you is, do you know God's word well enough to discern truth? Even as I'm speaking today, do you know what I'm saying is true or not? Test the spirits to see if they are from God because you can take anything. 
That's why it's also important to know the whole counsel of what is in here and not just a verse here or a verse there because you can take a verse out of context. Case in point, you remember when Jesus went away into the wilderness to to connect with God in prayer and to fast before he started his ministry? And while he was fasting and praying, by the way, the enemy comes when you do those things, so expect the enemy to be on your doorstep these 21 days. But you know what the enemy did? The enemy used the word of God. I think it's hilarious. He's using the word of God to tempt the word of God. And all three times he said what he said, you know how Jesus responded? It is written. Jesus knew his word. Do you? It's the greatest filter we have. The second question I would ask is, number one, does the Bible agree? But number two, does godly counsel agree? And all of those words are important. Is it godly? Is it counsel? Is it agreement? Proverbs says these two things, listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Surely, you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. And so I'm not talking here where where you feel like you've heard from God, and, and you go to get counsel, and you don't get it from these five people, and so you move over here, and you finally get someone to agree with what you think. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't know if you heard the story about the guy that, that, that said, hey, God, um, on his way to work, he said, God, if it's your will for me to stop and get a dozen Krispy Kremes today, then the hot now light will be on when I drive by. And so he was driving to work that day, and oh, the light wasn't on. And so what did he do? He circled around, and the second time, the light was on, and thank you, God, your will. It's not about that. It's not what we do. If we don't get agreement, we just stop. But do you have people in your life that can do that for you? I want to say that's what the church is for. The Apostle Paul says it that way. He says, God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known. The church is is the, the body of Christ and the representation to try to help us discern the voice of God together, to give counsel. And that's why, as Mike was talking earlier today about connect groups, small groups, where we connect with one another that are launching at the end of this month. That's why those groups are so important. Do you have people and relationships in your life that, that you can sit down with and be honest with and have deep conversation with that know who you are and you know who they are and you can bounce ideas off of each other and you can ask for advice and you can feel like, I said, God, I felt like God was saying this to me, but I don't know what do you guys think. So important that we have that godly counsel in our life. Do you have that in your life? So what this church is for on a large scale, but I would say on a small scale too, getting in those relationships and those groups. So does the Bible agree? Does godly counsel agree? And then the last one that I ask is, do I have peace? Do I have peace? Do you know that the Holy Spirit of the living God is inside of you? Those that believe And you know what language the Spirit speaks? Peace. Jesus says it's a peace that nothing in this world can give. Not a bottle, not a pill, not even a mushroom I don't think can give it either. God has a peace the world can't give. Paul says it this way, God is not a God of disorder. Other translations say confusion but he's a God of peace. And so God's voice, even though sometimes it's hard to hear, and even though sometimes it might go against the grain of this world, let me tell you, there will always be an inner peace with it. And so this is a great question to ask is, well, do I have peace or angst about whatever I'm feeling right now? Whatever I feel like might be God's voice. We've had to ask this question several times in our family. And I'll tell you, not long ago, about seven, eight months ago, we had to ask this as a family. There was this church in Omaha that was looking for a teaching pastor. 
And, 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 and they were wondering, am I the guy? Are we the family that's supposed to come and be a part of, of this awesome, amazing church that transforms lives? And so, well, what does the Bible say? And I was looking all through the Bible, and I never saw the Bible say, Zach and your family, you should stay in the warmth of Florida or go to the cold, brisk, brutal weather of Omaha. It didn't, it didn't spell it out that way. So then what does godly counsel agree? And the more I talked with people, the more, the more I heard opinions. And by the way, every person has a bias. And there were people that on both sides were telling me what God said to do. But, but actually, in the end, the people that we truly cared and respected and understand and in relationship with God said, Zach, you know that either one is great. There's not a right or a wrong in this. So then it came, well, do I have peace? Do we have peace or do we have angst? And for whatever reason, this time, there was a peace that I can't explain to you that passes understanding. But if I wasn't in a right relationship with God and if I didn't have godly counsel and a wife and family and friends and a few other incredible people to talk this through, then we may not have made that decision because here's the thing that happens. The thing I know is you need to seek God's voice for yourself because if you don't, someone will at some time say to you, God told me to tell you. People are really good at discerning the voice of God for others. Have you noticed? God told me to tell you. And I'll tell you, every time people say that to me, I always listen and I need to take it through the test and I need to understand, well, maybe the voice of God is in that. Sometimes there's a lot of people that can speak truth in that, but sometimes there's a lot of people that can bring lies through that. And sometimes people with with good intentions that say that can be off. And sometimes people with selfish intentions can be on. But what is God speaking to you? Does the Bible agree? Does godly counsel agree? Do I have peace? Now, it's possible that the answer might be yes on all three of those. And you're just like, I still don't know if that's God. This isn't magic. None of this is magic. That's where the beauty of this entire message comes back to. Is when we peel it all back, we remember that we have a God that desires relationship with us. And the more you grow in a relationship, the more you hear and understand and discern the voice of the one you're in relationship with. Will you ever know it perfectly? No. Right? Just think if, if you're married, I've been married 17 and a half years. And I'll tell you, there are lots of things about my wife that I still don't understand. And she's only got one thing she doesn't understand about me. (laughs) Just kidding. But we're growing in relationship. You're starting to understand me. I'm understanding you a little bit. Because when you're in relationship with one another, you understand one another a little bit more, 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 a little bit more. And this God says, I want that relationship with you. This is what I want. And it doesn't care what I want. This is what Jesus wants. John 10, he describes himself again as the good shepherd. He said, when he, the good shepherd, has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because what? They know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him 
because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. It's possible for you to get and be in a relationship with God like that, where you know this is God, this is Jesus, and I'll follow. And you'll know this is not God, and I will not follow. That's what Jesus, that's what God wants for you. Next week is really going to be an exciting Sunday because we're going to dive deeper into what God's voice says. It's a, we've created an experience next week that's going to be unlike a Sunday here. You're going to want to be here. I'm going to bring everybody here. It's going to be awesome. But today I want you to know you have a God who speaks. You have a God who's in relationship with you. So three quick takeaways. Number one, I want you to jump into the 21 with us. Jump in. Be a part of it. Uh, Number two, I think you probably should go home and change your air filters and replace some batteries. Just smart to do that. Brady, my son, let me teach you a life lesson. When you own a home one day, you've got to change these. This is an air filter. My dad never told me this. I'm telling you, son. I don't want you to spend $200 just for this. If you change an air filter today, hey, why don't you tag at KOK Omaha. Let's see how many air filters get changed in the city today. But number three, this is, this is serious. And actually com- comes back to this. Like, I think this is not only a good metaphor for discerning the voice of God, but for our lives. I think the more we get in this world, the more dirt and nastiness and filth and grime sticks to us. And it doesn't take us long to realize that I actually contribute to that as well. I bring my own nastiness and bad choices and inaction and action that I, I, I'm ashamed of, guilty of. And what's amazing is we have a God who desires to be in relationship so much with us that he took all of our crap, the worst of it, and he nailed all of it to the cross so that now we don't have to walk around stained but can instead put on robes of righteousness, the Bible says clothed in white, no longer identified by our sin any longer, but simply as a righteous, redeemed, holy child of God in relationship with him. So my last takeaway today is simply receive it. You need it and your life won't make sense without him. So today earlier we had Um, awesome baptisms at the nine o'clock and some were pre-registered and came and were baptized into the family of God and that's when they received this great gift and that's what God does in baptism. It's a great gift that we receive from him where he cleans us up and he fills us with the Holy Spirit and we get welcomed into this church family and just life new life begins, new creation. And I think it's an awesome thing to do at the start of a year to kind of reclaim who I am and who you are in Christ. And so if you've never been baptized, we don't have any registered for this service. That was for the nine o'clock, but we got the water here and God is here. God is in this place. We sang that earlier. Desires to be in relationship with you. There's nothing stopping you. There's no more obstacles. Receive it. And so come today, if you've never been baptized, come. If you've been baptized, but today you want to renew and recommit, come. And we want to celebrate with you. Pastor Greg will come up in a moment and tell you how to take part. But for now, God, we thank you. We're just grateful. It's hard not to be after all you've done. 
And God, we desire to give you our best this year. We thank you that when we failed, you cleaned us up and you give us chance to start over and over and over and over and over. God, continue to speak to us. God, we're listening. God, even right now, there's someone here that you're speaking to. Speaking peace. Coming in grace. Filled with kindness. Offering opportunity. Lord, may all of us receive it today. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And together the church says, amen. 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 Come on.